through great times of, of celebration and we go through difficult times. We go through hard seasons. And each and every single one of us has seasons that we go through in life. And if you're going through a hard season today, it's good to know that it's just a season, that there's going to be a better time and, and what you're going through right now, though it may be difficult, it's not going to be forever. And if you're going through a great time today, hey, that's awesome. But sometimes what's so nice about good seasons is that you know that sometimes you don't always are in a good, you're not always in a good season, right? And so when you are in one, it makes it just that much more enjoyable. The Bible says this in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. It says, for everything there is a season. Everybody say season. season. For everything there is a season. There's a time for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance. And so we are all going through seasons. And each and every single person here watching in person and watching online, you are in a season in your life. Maybe it's a good season, maybe it's a bad season. But collectively as a community and as the world, I feel like we've just been going through some difficult seasons. And, and, and a part of that has added some stress, some burden onto our shoulders. We don't know what is always to come, right? And, and we start to get anxious about that. We start to get worried about that. And what happens when you have too much weight on your shoulders? What happens when a plane has too much cargo? Maybe it can take off, but it might not be able to land, right? What happens when a ship has too much cargo, right? It's not gonna stay upright. I remember uh, when I uh, had a friend of mine, um, his name was Dalton, and he, he moved to, uh, to the Seattle area, and we were working at a church together. And uh, he was from Florida, and so he, he, he was my roommate. We moved in together, we were working at this church together, and he found out that I like to go fishing. And uh, so he said, hey, you know, I, would love, I love to go fishing. In Florida, I fish all the time. I said, okay, let's go fishing. So we found a lake, and I grew up trout fishing, which a lot of times when you're trout fishing from shore, you just throw bait in the water, and then you sit there, and you wait, and you wait, and you wait, right? And so I throw the line in the water, and I said, okay, now we sit. And he said, what are you talking about, you sit? He said, when, in Florida, when you go bass fishing, you're constantly, you're, 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 always, you're always casting your line out, you're always reeling, you're always doing stuff, you're busy. So he didn't like trout fishing very much. And, and he said, I'm going to take you bass fishing, I'm going to take you real fishing. And I said, okay, I've never really been bass fishing, but let's do it. He said, uh, okay, well, I, I just moved here from Florida, and I've got my paddleboard, and uh, normally me and my buddy go on my paddleboard and we go fishing. And I said, okay, that sounds good. I've never done that before. So, so we find a lake near, near our church where, um, where we were living at the time. Uh, and, and, um, and so we bring his paddleboard, and he says, okay. Now, when I was a kid, my buddy and I, I, I would have this, this cooler, and it's waterproof, so we put all of our stuff in the cooler in case we fall off. And, um, and then you sit on the cooler, and I'll be behind you, and I'll be paddling. And then we can paddle around the lake, and, and we can fish. And I said, okay. And I'm, I'm just saying, you know, if, you, if this is what people do in Florida, hey, sign me up, okay, let's do it. So we put all of our stuff in the, in, in the cooler, we, we seal it up, it's waterproof, right? And, and it's waterproof, right? Okay. And, and I sit on the cooler, and, and he gets on the back, and we make it about 10 feet from the dock, and we end up in the lake. And, uh, and we, uh, we find out the waterproof cooler is only waterproof if you put the plug in the bottom of it, okay? So all of our stuff is wet. We, we swim back to shore. I said, dude, that didn't work at all. And he says, yeah, 
I don't know, it's been a while since I'd been on there, and, and, and my friend, you know, he, he was a little bit smaller than you are, and so, you know, we just maybe had too much weight, and I, and I said, yeah, I think we did have too much weight. What happens when you have too much weight on a paddleboard? You end up in the lake, right? And um, so when we go through difficult seasons, it's, it's, oft, it's so normal for us. I don't want you to think that, that, you're, that you're doing it wrong, but, but it's so normal for all of us when we go through difficult seasons to put too much weight on our shoulders when Jesus wants us to take that weight and cast it to him, right? He doesn't want us to carry the weight because if we carry too much weight, our life is going to spiral out of control. And so Jesus promises us that he'll take the weight. In difficult seasons, he will take the weight from us. If you turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11, verses 27 through 30, it says this. It says, My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son, and to those whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. I love what he says there, that in him we can find rest for our souls. So if you're going through a difficult season today, Jesus promises that you can find rest in him. That you can give your burdens, cast your cares upon him. But how do we do that? When people first begin a relationship with Jesus, they often are so excited because they feel so free. They get to finally understand that Jesus gets to take their sin, gets to take the weight of the world off their shoulders, and they feel free. But it does not take long for that believer to start picking up the weight of the world and putting it on their shoulders again. And maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time, and you're like, Jesus promises to relieve my burdens, but how? I mean, I just keep going through difficult seasons. I keep having to, 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 to go through difficult things, and I just do not know how to relieve myself, to, to, to give my burdens to Jesus. And so I'm here to tell you today that the way to do that is, is to put your purpose over your progress. And that's what my message is today, purpose over progress. That's what I want to talk to us about. And and so all of us in our life, we have uh, kind of like this goal, this end vision for what we want our life to look like. And so maybe for you, that is a job title. You, you just envision yourself, man, I want to be a CEO someday, or I want to be an entrepreneur. I just want to be self-employed someday. Or maybe for you, you want a really nice car, and you say, man, I just want to have the nicest car in the neighborhood. You know, I just want... I just want everybody to look and, and, and be just excited about my car, you know, or maybe you want a big house, you know, and, and maybe it's not for vain reasons. Maybe you want a big house so that, you know, there's plenty of room for your large family or you want to have people to come over and host, but, but that's what you have in your mind. And, and so we start to get these goals and, and these dreams of what we want our life to look like. And then we start to say, okay, how can I progress through life to get there? And we start to focus on our progress. Maybe your progress, like I said, it's maybe your job, maybe your income, you're just, you got to work and you got to work and you got to work until you can make 100000 a year and then you think you've made it, right? Or maybe it's, it's your attitude. You want to be the nicest person in the room. You want everybody to love you when you walk in. So you, you give and give and give of yourself, but you're, you're doing it in your own strength and you're trying to progress so that you can be the nicest person in the room, right? And so all of us have this idea of what we want to be progressing towards, 
But the problem is when we're focusing on our progress, we start to pick up the weight of the world that we're not meant to carry. We start to pick up things because, because we're trying to progress through life on our own strength and not through Jesus' strength. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. I'd like to read a, a story out of Matthew. Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 32. Jesus uh, just gets done feeding the 5,000, one, one of the greatest miracles in the Bible. He takes, uh, you know, a small amount of fish and bread and multiplies it, feeds over 5,000 people. And uh, so there, there's a huge crowd, over 5,000 people. There's women, children there. Um, they've all just gotten done seeing this wonderful miracle of Jesus. And then uh, in verse 22, Matthew 14, verse 22, it says this. It says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. So Jesus, he just gets done feeding over 5,000 people. He pretty much says, hey, I've got the crowd handled. You guys need to get, it says to the other side. That, that means the, the Sea of Galilee. They, they needed to get to the other side. Uh, they've got somewhere to be. So he sends the disciples on their own boat to get across the lake, right? Um, <clears throat> I'm sure the disciples had in mind that Jesus would just get his own boat or, or something. Anyways, Jesus will find a way to get to them, right? But Jesus is going to take care of, of the crowd here first. It says, after he had dismissed them, the crowd, he went up on the mountainside to pray by himself. Later that night, he was there alone, uh, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land. There was waves and there was wind that were coming against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down, and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So here in this story, we have the disciples. They're, they're on this boat. They're going out, and they're kind of in the middle of the, the Sea of Galilee, and, and, and they've got somewhere to be, and Jesus is walking on water to get to them, right? Um, has anybody in this room, I'm not going to ask to raise hands because sometimes it can be embarrassing, but has anybody in this room ever tried to walk on water? I've always like waited for everybody not to be looking and then I've like kind of said, you know, okay, Lord, I really want to walk on water. That'd be really, really cool. And you kind of like start to, you know, like it never works, right? So Jesus is walking on water and they're freaking out because they've never seen something like this. And uh, Peter says, Lord, if it's you, if you are who you say you are, call me out on the water. And so Jesus says, okay, come on. So Peter gets up and he's walking towards Jesus on the water. He's walking on water. And what happens when he begins to sink? It says he looks down, he sees the waves, he sees the wind, he realizes the circumstance that he's in. And almost as if it's easier to walk on water when it's flat than it is on the storm, in the storm, he starts to get worried that he can't walk on water anymore and he starts to sink. And he's, he's losing his faith. And Jesus saves him and, and it's, it's, it's a crazy story. But I, I, I keep thinking about that, about Peter is walking on water. And he's looking at Jesus, he's walking towards Jesus, and what does he do that makes him sink? He starts to look down. 
he looks down and he starts to look at his progress. He starts to look at, okay, what circumstances am I in? What is going on? And he starts to, to look and see, okay, how can I walk on water? When in actuality, the way he was able to walk on water was by focusing on Jesus, not his progress. It wasn't by his strength he was walking on water. It was because of Jesus that he was walking on water, right? And so this last summer, uh, I took a, we, we took our group, our young adult group, up to um, Slidewaters in Chelan, the, the water park up there. And um, at Slidewaters, they have a, a man-made wave. If you've ever been up there and seen that, it's this, this big you know, swimming pool, but all this water comes out of one side, and it comes up and creates this wave that you can surf on. And uh, I've, I've never done it before, and uh, I decided that I was going to give it a shot. So um, I sign up, and you take a, you take a little quick uh, kind of introductory class. And so there's about six or seven of us that all, we were doing it for the very first time, and they were saying, you know, uh, chances are uh, you're not going to be able to, to surf by the end of your session today. You know, you're just, you're just going to fall in the water a whole lot today. Uh, but then you'll come back and you'll, you'll, you'll keep, you know, progressing. He says, really, the only, the only big advice that I can give you is when you get in the water, what makes you fall is people start to feel wobbly and they look down. And, and when you look down, you start to see that you're going one direction or the next, and you try to over, you know, you try to correct yourself, but you overcorrect and you end up falling in the water. And he said, when, when you feel wobbly, don't look down, just, just look at the wave that's coming, and you'll stabilize. It's the weirdest thing. And so I get in the water, and I fall a couple times, but, but I keep thinking in my head, just don't look down. And so uh, I get there, and, and I start to feel wobbly. It's like my third, my third time through, and and, I, and I, I fight the urge to look down. I say, I'm just going to look at the wave. And I stable. I mean, I just was flat calm. I mean, on, on the board. I didn't wobble at all as long as I was looking forward. And, uh, and then I had to figure out, okay, how do I look forward but know where I'm going when I'm surfing on this wave, right? And it gets difficult. And, and uh, I was able to, to surf from one end of the, of, the, of the pool to the other because I just kept remembering, just don't, don't look down. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. Just trust the board that the board's got it and just look at the wave, right? And for so many of us, when we're going through trials, when we're going through a difficult season, and we have uh, the progress that we want to see in our life, what do we do? We look down because it's under our strength. You know, what do I have to do to get to progress to the point where I want to be? But when we look down, we start doing it in our own strength and not through the strength of Jesus every single time. And so today I want you to know that Jesus wants to take the burdens and the stresses that you've been experiencing in whatever season you're going through. He wants to take that from you. He wants us to be able to walk freely. His yoke is easy. His burden is light for us. But in order to do that, we have to stop looking at our progress and we have to prioritize our purpose. Each and every single one of us has a purpose in this room. And it is to love God and love others. And, and no matter where you're at, no matter what job you have, no matter what kind of car you drive, no matter how big your house is, whatever it is, our purpose stays the same. And so whatever, whatever you are doing, whatever you're going through right now, when you're sitting in your office at work and you're saying, man, I just want to be a CEO someday, Lord. But continue to ask God, Lord, I'm not going to look down at my progress and see how I can get there. I'm just going to trust that you're going to get me there. I'm going to trust that you have the best plan for my life, and I'm going to prioritize my purpose to love you and love others over my progress. And when we do that, an amazing thing happens. An amazing thing hap happens because we give God the control over our progress, 
and we just trust him that he's going to open whatever door he needs to open for us to fulfill our purpose. And so no matter what you are going through, God has a plan for you. Amen. God has a plan for you. And so for, for all of us in this room, for all of us in this room, are you looking at your progress? Are you looking down and trying to think, how do I get to where I want to go? Are you trusting God to get you there? Because when you start to look at Jesus, when you keep your eyes focused on your purpose that's in front of you, and you prioritize that over your progress, there's going to be a time down the road where you're going to turn around and say, wow, I have progressed further faster and far better than I ever would have on my own because I just decided to trust that God is going to get me where he wants me to be. One last verse and then I'll start wrapping up here is Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 14 through 16. It says this, it says, So then, since we have a high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. The high priest, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most." Man, I love that verse. This verse is telling us that we have a high priest, Jesus, the Son of God, who is in heaven. He is in heaven and he understands our weaknesses. He has faced all of the same testings that we do. So whatever season you're going through right now, Jesus has been there. Jesus knows exactly what you're going through, exactly what you're feeling, exactly what temptations you have, and he knows the temptation to focus on your progress. He knows how easy it is to take your eyes off of him and to focus on what you need to do to progress yourself. And, and so because of that, the writer of Hebrews says, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. That is where we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. And so because Jesus knows exactly what you're going through, you can come boldly to him because he already knows. He knows everything that you're going through. He knows everything you're tempted with. He knows every situation that you are in. He knows you better than you know yourself. And so because of that, we can have confidence that when we come to him, he's already waiting. He already knows. He's already ready to meet our need, right? And I think because of this, I, I like this verse because it reminds us that it's okay to have goals. It's okay to have a vision for what you want your life to look like. And in fact, it's even okay to want to progress. I'm not saying by any means that you have to give up your dreams, that you have to completely you know, forget about progressing through life. Maybe you, you need to focus on you know, progressing to be a better Christ follower, or a better father, or a better, better friend, whatever it is. We can be progressing in life, and you can, you can want to keep tabs on that. You can want to have a vision for what you want your life to look like, but you can't ever prioritize that over your purpose that God has for you. You have to always prioritize the purpose that God has for you and then be coming boldly before God and saying, okay, God, help me in my progress. Because I do want to progress, I do want to progress, Lord, but you, I, I'm trusting you to help me in this. So, so many people oftentimes hear this and they think, 
like I, like I just said, you know, oh, well, I've got to give up, give up my dreams. No, what this verse says is we can come boldly to God with our dreams. We can come boldly to God with, with what we want to see happen in our life. And we can say, Lord, I want to be a CEO someday. I don't, know what, I don't know if you'll ever actualize that in my life. I don't know if that'll ever become a reality. But, Lord, I can boldly come before you and just say, that's a wish that I have. But we never prioritize that over what God's calling us to do. And, and, and we never prioritize that over our purpose to love God and love others where we are at. My uh, wife was able to join me. Um, I was a part of a, a cohort study group of kids and youth pastors and family pastors from uh, our Northwest Ministry Network. So Northern Idaho and Washington for the Assemblies of God uh, is our Northwest Ministry Network. And so there was about a dozen of us pastors that we decided to uh, read some books together through the last year and uh, do some leadership courses together. And we ended our, our, our cohort together by uh, taking a trip to San Diego. And we got to see, see some amazing things that the church in San Diego is doing. We got to visit some churches. And, um, but one of the last exercises that, uh, that we uh, had to do as a part of our, of, our, of our study was we got into a room and, and we sat in a circle. And we had a piece of paper. And uh, we had like five minutes. And they said, hey, take five minutes to just write down uh, everything that you'd like to see God bless you with. And I had to think about it for a little bit because the rule was, you know, there was nothing too vain or nothing too self-centered to ask God for. Just, just write down things that you would like to see God give you in your life that, you, that you'd be praying for. And if you're like me, sometimes when people ask you, hey, what can I pray for you about? Sometimes we don't tell the whole truth. We only tell the, the things that sound good. You know, oh, you know, what can you pray for me about? Oh, can you pray for world peace? Or can you pray, pray for whatever? But you're not telling them, well, I would really like a check for $1,000. You know, I mean, I, I mean, and that's, that's maybe a, a, a vain example. But, but do you know what I mean? And that sometimes we hide what we truly want because we don't want to ask God because we feel self-centered for asking. And so a part of this exercise was, you know, just for five minutes, just write down things that, that you would just love God to give you. And so people were writing, and there was nothing too, too self-centered. There was nothing bad that you could ask for. It was just the goal was to be completely honest. And then was the hard part. We got to share it with all the other pastors. We got to go around in a circle, and we got to share it. And there were a couple guys that they said, I just feel so uh, bad asking for this, but I would really love God to give me a truck. You know, and, uh, and uh, I, I shared, you know, and I'll be honest with you, I said, you know, I would really love God to just give me an abundance of wealth, I'll tell you that much, you know. That would sure be really, really nice, you know. Um, but, but what was so good about the exercise was learning to come boldly before God and just say, God, uh, sure, I have this list of things, and if you meet some of them, great. If not, it doesn't matter because I'm prioritizing my purpose over what I want over whatever my life looks like, no matter how big my house is, no matter how nice my car is, I'm just going to prioritize my purpose, but I can still come to you and ask for things that would be really great to experience. I'll welcome the, the worship team up uh, if, if, uh, if they could as I wrap up today, but um, one gal that was in that group, um, again, I mentioned this was a part of the Northwest Ministry Network, which is the Assemblies of God. It's a Pentecostal denomination, and um, as a part of the Assemblies, uh, uh, we, we really do believe in the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we believe that when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, that you uh, just get an insight uh, that you don't get otherwise. And you get a, a relationship with God that you just don't get otherwise. And um, am I taking your space? Get over here. Come on. <laughs> and, um, and so uh, a huge part of that baptism in the Holy Spirit is... Uh, 
is that oftentimes people will experience what's called speaking in tongues or speaking in other languages. And uh, in the assemblies of God, sometimes uh, we almost make the speaking in tongues part uh, an idol that we fixate on. And, 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 it, and it becomes a thing that we've got to get to so that we can be as good as everybody else that can do it, right? And, uh, and so this gal um, uh, that was in our study group, she said, you know, uh, my parents are assemblies pastors, and uh, they've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and, and they, they speak in tongues regularly, and, and it's a wonderful thing. Um, and I've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I've never asked anybody to pray for me because then they know that I can't, that, that I'm not baptized in the Spirit. And then all of a sudden I'll be judged because maybe I'm not as holy as they are, right? And so she had this vision in her head that, man, she wanted a relationship with the Holy Spirit. She wanted to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And specifically, she did want to speak in tongues. But it was, it was such a hidden thing for her. And she had to finally come to the point where she said, you know what? I think it's been a part of my progress. And I've been focusing on how do I get to the point where I can speak in tongues so I can feel as good as everybody else. And she wasn't really focusing on her purpose that God had for her, right? And so she got to a point where she said, I would love for you guys to pray for me. Uh, I would love to speak in tongues. I'd love to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, um, and she said, and I'm okay if it doesn't happen because I'm just gonna trust God to take care of my progress. I'm just gonna focus on the purpose that he has for me. So we gathered around her, uh, we prayed for her and she wasn't baptized in the Holy Spirit. And uh, you know, you try not to get discouraged, but we kept praying, kept praying, and you know, nothing was happening. We just said, you know, um, we said, just trust God to take care of your progress. Don't make this speaking in tongues thing or this baptism in the Holy Spirit thing be something that you've got to reach so that you can be as good as the rest of us. That's not the way it is. You know, God loves you. God has a plan for you. God has opened doors for you to, to fulfill your purpose. And so don't get hung up on your progress or what that looks like. Trust God to take care of that. And so we left that room and she went back up to her hotel room and uh, she was up in her hotel room. She was by herself. She started to praying and she was, and, and she was instantly baptized in the Holy Spirit. She was instantly speaking in, in other tongues. She was speaking in other languages. It was a, this the craziest experience for her. But for her, it was that moment where she was able to say, you know what, God, I'm done trying to, to reach certain accolades. I'm done trying to, to do stuff in my strength. And I'm just going to trust that you're going to give me what you give me, that you're going to open doors where you want me to, to have doors opened. And I'm just going to fulfill my purpose to love you and love others in every situation, right? And it was a part of that for her that all of a sudden took that wall down between her and the Holy Spirit. And, and she was just able to be baptized. It was a wonderful experience. And so I want you to know today that you can come to God with your dreams. You can come to him boldly. He knows that you have dreams in your life. He knows that you have things that you want to see happen in your life. He knows that you wanna be a CEO. He knows that you wanna make more money to provide for your family. He knows those things, but we can't try and get there on our own. We have to trust him to get us there because he has a plan for you. And like I said earlier, when you take your eyes off your purpose, or, or sorry, when you take your eyes off your progress and put it on your purpose, you'll progress and you're gonna progress way better than you would have on your own. To, there were, I mentioned that there were two guys that asked for trucks in that, uh, in that prayer circle. And a couple weeks after we got back from San Diego, I got a group text and 
it was one of the guys that asked for a truck. And it was a picture of him and a truck that he had just bought. And he said, hey, I just wanted to share, you know, I thought it was ridiculous to ask for a truck, but God just created a way for me to get this truck that's going to bless my ministry. It's going to bless my family. And, uh, and, and it's wonderful. And everybody was excited except me because I was the second guy that asked for the truck, okay? And I'm sitting there. This is a testimony time for you guys, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there, and I had been driving this Jeep, and it had been in the shop for four months. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. So um, obviously that was a strain. My wife and I sharing one vehicle, um, running around, you know, and, and I'm thinking, man, God, I haven't had a vehicle for four months, and you give this guy a truck. And I asked for a truck. Why didn't, if there was one truck to give, why didn't you give it to me? Why'd you give it to him, right? And, uh, you know, I wasn't that upset, but it, it was kind of this moment where I just had to think, you know what? No, sure, I would love a truck. And I said, God, to be completely honest, I would love a beautiful Ford F-150. That's, that's in my mind when I want a truck, that's what I want. And, uh, and I said, but I'm just going to trust. You've got everything under control, and it's great that you're able to bless other people, and it's wonderful. And I'm here to tell you that I drove in the parking lot today driving a, a beautiful, you know, new-to-me F-150. Because, because shortly after that, thank you, shortly after that, um, I went to the dealership and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with that Jeep. Man, they just could not get it to work. And they say, I don't, we don't think that this is ever going to be able to, to get fixed. Um, and so we'll actually buy it from you. Um, and uh, here's all the vehicles on the lot, but we have a deal on this one because it, it was a Dodge dealership and there was a, a Ford that they were trying to get rid of. And I said, F-150, sign me up. And I said, sure. And, they gave, and it just worked out to where, um, where that was actually the best deal on the lot. Out of all the cars they had, I could have bought you know, a, 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 another car or something like that, but it worked out that that was the vehicle I was supposed to have. And um, I'm not sitting here saying that if, if you go and pray, you know, because God still hasn't given me the abundance of wealth that I've asked for, okay? I'm not saying everything that you bring before God, he'll take care of. There's some things that he maybe will not give you, but you can come boldly to him. There's nothing that is too vain. There's nothing that is too self-centered because he already knows what you want in your life. But friends, do not get mistaken that we need to focus on our dreams, that we need to focus on our own progress to the point where it ever becomes priority over our purpose. Because there's something magical that happens. And I shouldn't even say magical, it's supernatural. It's, it's, what, it's what Jesus is all about. There's something that happens when we prioritize and say, Lord, whatever you give me, whatever car I drive, whatever house I have, whatever you know, friends I have in my life, whatever amount of money I make, just open whatever door you want open and I'm just going to fulfill my purpose and whatever you have for me. And so that's what God is calling us to do. And whatever season you're going through, if it's a difficult season, if it's a heavy season, know that he wants to take the burden off your shoulders. He wants to take the weight of whatever you're going through and he wants to handle that for you so that you can progress in the way that he wants you to progress and the way that he wants you to, to just have a plan for your life that is so good and it's lined up with his plan for your life. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna end and the worship team's gonna sing, but I want us to know that whatever season we're in, Jesus is there with us. If it's a hard season, if it's a great season, whatever it is, Jesus is there with us and we have a purpose to love God and love others in, in that season, in whatever season it is. So will you join me in prayer today? Jesus, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you that you know us better than we know ourselves. 
You know us so intimately, Lord. You have, you have always known us. And you know exactly what our heart desires. God, there's people in this room that are going through difficult, heavy seasons right now, Lord. They feel that they have a burden that is on their shoulders. They have stress. They have a weight. Maybe it's just the stress of fall beginning and kids are going back to school and, and, and work is ramping up and, and the list just never seems to get any shorter. God, I just pray that we can trust in you to take care of our progress. That we don't have to be constantly looking down at the list. We can just trust that whatever we are doing in this season is for a purpose and that you're in it with us, Lord. God, and I pray that we can come boldly before you knowing that whatever dream we have in our heart, God, God, we pray that the dreams that we have are from you, that they align with the dreams that you have for us, God, and that we can ultimately trust to always put our purpose over our progress. Let us not be like Peter and, and look down at, at what's going on in our circumstances. Let us keep our eyes focused on you, Jesus, so that you can see us through every season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.